Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. So it falls to Dexter Fowler. On the night, he has gone one for four with an RBI double. Left-hand hitter in the pitch. Swing and a ground ball to first. Up with it, Hosmer. He gets to the bag, and this one is over, and the Padres are still alive. With a home run explosion hitting five of them. Down the stretch of the ball game, they rally, and they knock off the St. Louis Cardinals 11-9, the final score. And San Diego lives to play another day. That will be tomorrow, game three, right here on ESPN Radio. So it is game number three coming up tonight. And ESPN Radio, 101 ESPN Radio, will have it for you tonight. And we want to make sure that you're listening in. Welcome in to Scoops with Danny Mack. That was a tough one. That was there for the taking. Padres, five long balls in the 11-9 win. That was tough. That was there for the taking. And it's set up for the Cardinals because of their strength. They had the bullpen. And the bullpen did not come through. Wayno, three and a third, six hits to earn three strikeouts. The bullpen, though, ugh, that's where it hurts. The bullpen, five and two thirds, nine hits, nine earned, and the three walks. So the bullpen, they gave up the home runs, but where it concerned me was the lefty Cabrera. Cardinals had the momentum, gave up the two walks. Mike Schilt pulled him, and then boom. The home run was hit. The momentum all of a sudden was right back into the San Diego dugout. That one was a tough one for Mike Schilt and the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it's a good lineup. You know, no secrets to it. Um, we pitched them tough and just weren't able to, um, you know, they're kind of a, a momentum team. So we weren't able to, once the momentum started, we weren't able to have any shutdown innings and keep it in the, you know, the ball, balls are going to leave the ballpark. You know, it's the walks that, you know, kind of always are the ones that, you know, really body the most. That's the key for me. The walks. Can't walk anybody when you have a lead like that. The home runs, they're going to happen. The solo home runs, I can live with. The big flies with guys on, can't live with that. Cardinals blow the four-run lead to fall to the Padres in game two. It snaps 52-game winning streak for the Cardinals when they lead by four or more runs. That's the longest active streak in Major League Baseball. What about Wayno? Thought he was okay, not great. Okay, but not great. What did he think of his performance? Thought it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, it was okay. I had a decent heater going, but my breaking ball had good shape to it. It just didn't have that last little bit of finish. You know, the 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 very end of the pitch where I'm getting swing and misses normally, they were just able to get the, the barrel to the ball or to tip them a couple of times. But you know what? They put some tough at-bats on me. They, they worked my count up a little bit and, and fought some tough pitches off. The last at-bat I had to Nola, he filed off a couple of really well-located breaking balls and had a great at-bat. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're a good team, so we're going to have to work. So now we look ahead to game number three. Colton Wong's postseason numbers, pretty good. He now has five career postseason home runs, including last night. 14 to the 19 extra uh, 14 to the 19 hits of uh, hits have gone for extra base hits for Colton Wong. He got things started early on for the St. Louis Cardinals. Also, he has been spectacular, spectacular defensively. I think we're taking him and Goldschmidt on the right side of the infield for granted. 
Those guys are winning games for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he looks ahead to game number three. You know, like you said, we've seen their entire bullpen, and we kind of wore down their entire bullpen. So it's one of those things that we're excited about. We know that, you know, we're swinging the bats well. You know, we're doing what we need to do to stay in games, compete, win, and, you know, we're just ready for tomorrow. Everyone's excited. You know, obviously get off the field. You know, it's stuck not knowing that we were going to win that game, but, uh, you know, everyone's up. Everyone's ready to go. And so is the manager. I love this guy, Mike Schilt. All the cops in the world. Can't wait for more. I am excited. Cannot wait to get going. Can't play soon enough. So big time guts, fought their tails off, had the lead, got down, scratched back, got down, scratched back, had to go ahead and run in the ninth. And I don't think there's anybody in our dugout. I didn't think we were going to at least tie it or go ahead. So, you know, a lot of guts, fought like crazy. We'll be ready to go tomorrow. Can't wait. A couple of games going on today in Major League Baseball. The Chicago Cubs, they were postponed against the Marlins. They'll make it up today because of weather. But the Cincinnati Reds, they're done. Man, that's going to be a long offseason for them. They played 22 innings against the Braves. No runs. No runs. New Major League record for the most consecutive scoreless innings to begin a postseason with 22. The previous was 20, which was set by the New York Giants. In 1921, so Brian Snicker and the Braves, they advance against Cincinnati. The wind and the 1-1 pitch. Line drive, left field, retreating is DeBall. He's there. He's got it on the warning track. And the Braves have eliminated the Cincinnati Reds. Braves win their first postseason series since 2001. They had lost 10 consecutive playoff series, but no more. It's off to the NLDS for the Atlanta Braves as they try and make a deep run here in the 2020 postseason. It was good. Yeah, I mean, the guys are, you know that? They were, it was a controlled uh, chaos or however you'd want to put it. And like I told them, I said, that's just, you know, there's a, we're just checking a box off in, in what we want to get done. And um, it was good. I'm proud of them. That, that, that was, uh, you know, they've been on their legs a long time the last two days. And, and uh, so that, that was a, you know, really good series to win because it, it's, you knew up against guys like that that we just faced. That's amazing how them guys, both them guys were. They were. I mean, Castillo was really good. Trevor Bauer was absolutely awesome in game one. And the Reds let it slip away, man. They stranded either eight or nine in the final three innings of game number one. They just can't hit. And I can't figure that out. When they got Castellanos, you got Mustakas, you got Vado, they got Winker. They got uh, Sinzel back, and they did not scratch a run across. I don't understand that. They've got pitching, and they're probably going to lose Trevor Bauer, I would think, who's a free agent to be, and they didn't win. They got into postseason play. They went for broke this year. They don't get in. That's going to be a long offseason. One of the playoff series you may not be uh, paying attention to that was really good, Oakland and the White Sox and the A's pulled it out. Tying run at the plate. Two outs in the ninth inning and a two-ball, two-strike count. Hendricks trying to dig deep. Here's his 2-2. Mazzara takes strike three called. And a win, a long time coming for the A's franchise. It has had so much regular season success and so little in the postseason. Bob Melvin and his team earned this one. What a win today and what a series win for the Oakland Athletics and disappointment for the White Sox who battled hard. It was. It was a great series. By the way, the White Sox are going to be going to postseason play a lot. They are built to win for a while. Probably came of age maybe a year early. I would say at least a year early. But, man, they are loaded in that lineup. So 
The A's advanced. Liam Hendricks was on fumes, totally on fumes. But that's what makes this fun in postseason play. Guys are out of gas, totally. Pitching staffs are. And yet, you got to throw them because it's do or die. And that's what makes this so much fun. That may be the case tonight. That's why I like the Cardinals tonight. They've got a fresh starter with Jack Flaherty. But this is the situation. Is Jack Flaherty sharp? Is the slider there? Is he going to be underneath the slider? And if he is, you're going to know it early on. A lot of teams this year were kind of spitting on the slider, waiting on the fastball, then trying to hammer that. To me, one of the things the Milwaukee Brewers did is that they just eliminated the slider. They went after the fastball. They may have had a tell on him. Maybe he was tipping pitches against him. Don't know. But then you looked at that Sunday afternoon game a couple of weeks uh, weekends ago against the Pirates, and he was as sharp as he was at any point in time in 2019, that second half. So, you know, it's, it's hey, he wants to be the ace. Here you go, my man. This is when an ace steps up, and this is when they need him. So you got that. You got a somewhat rested bullpen. I would say the Cardinals position-wise in terms of where they're at pitching are in a better spot than the San Diego Padres. But the Padres, that offense, we saw it unleashed. That's why the first inning, momentum, calm it down. Just get into the game, make it a baseball game, go back and forth in that regard, and that's what's going to make this fun tonight. Can't wait to watch it. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about it with Ryan Fagan coming up of the Sporting News. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Swinging a shot to right field. That's deep. That's back. And that is gone again. Tatis Jr. strikes for his second consecutive at bat. This is a two-run homer. In his last two at bats, he's driven in five runs, and San Diego leads it nine to six. What a player he is. Fernando Tatis Jr. He had been quiet until about the middle of game number two. And we welcome in the senior MLB writer from the Sporting News, Ryan Fagan. Ryan, always great to visit with you, and good morning. How are things going? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. That kid's pretty darn good, isn't he? Oh, oh my goodness. He's one of those guys that he, we're, we're going to be talking about him for a long time in the same way we talk about guys like Mike Trout. I mean, he is that good. You know, he's he's not the exact same player Mike Trout is, but sometimes that's good. You know, I mean, he plays a, a premium posi- defensive position at shortstop. He's very good. You know, he's not the best defensive shortstop in, in the majors, but he's outstanding and he's getting better. And, you know, you kind of watch that series and you wondered, are the Cardinals going to get by without – Fernando Tatis Jr. doing Fernando Tatis Jr. things. And for a while, it looked like it was. And then, and, you know, you snap your fingers and just like that, he, he shows us why he's one of the best young stars in, the, in all of baseball. Where would you put him and Lindor and some of the other shortstops in the league? Where, where would you rank him in terms of the shortstops? Well, if I can put him somewhere, I'd put him on my favorite team, you know, but I don't <laughs> just do that. I get it. Um, you know, he, he's way up there. You know, I'm a big fan of Francisco Lindor, too. I think he's one of the elite players. And, you know, that's one, one of the storylines that is going to dominate baseball this offseason is what does Cleveland do with him? He's got one more year left before free agency. And they're going to have to make a decision, and chances are they're going to trade him. 
um, and fans in Cleveland are going to once again be heartbroken watching a young, talented player um, get shipped out before his time should be done in that city. But, you know, I, mean, I think he's up – to me, he's probably number one. Um, Tatis is behind him just because Lindor has a little bit longer track record. Um, but, you know, we, we have the same conversation at this time next year, and it might be, you know, that Tatis is the number one shortstop in all of baseball and ever, everyone else falls in line behind him. What do you think happens tonight in game number three with Jack Flaherty going and it looks like Johnny Holstaff going for the San Diego Padres? <laughs> so that's what I'm going to term it. We have no idea who's going. At least yeah. I haven't heard yet for the Padres. It could be all hands on deck for them. So what do you expect here in game number three? Well, and regardless who starts for the Padres, I don't think you're going to see anyone in the San Diego uniform throw more than two innings at most, You know, which is that, that's always – that's a challenge on a regular day when you're coming off a day where you just threw what they throw nine pitchers yesterday, eight pitchers yesterday eight pitchers. Yeah. It becomes, yeah. It becomes a very big challenge. So uh, I think the Cardinals need Jack Flaherty to be efficient. They need him to not walk anyone. You know, that's the biggest thing. That's where the game got out of hand for the Cardinals yesterday. I mean, their pitchers walked six guys, right? And of those six, three came around to score and one was an RBI because it happened with the bases loaded. You just can't give free passes against a team like that because um, we saw last night how quickly you know potential solo home runs turned into three-run shots, and those are the types of things that change games. So, so Flaherty has to be have better control than last time he was. He started against Milwaukee. I think he walked four guys. You know he can't do that against this lineup because even if you walk Tatis, you have Manny Machado right behind him more than willing to try to launch a two-run homer. So, you know, he has to be efficient. He, has to, he doesn't have to be Jack Flaherty the second half of last year. He just needs to be a guy that goes out and gives them six innings, a solid ball. You know, a, a run, one, two, three runs I think would be great because this is not going to be a game tomorrow that ends two to one. So you just have to try to limit damage every time the Padres get someone on base. It's great having you on. We have Ryan Fagan, the senior MLB writer from the Sporting News, so it's good to get a national perspective on the Cardinals and then talk about some of the national things of of Major League Baseball. So I want to get the national perspective on Yadier Molina. Uh, there, There is... You know, you watched him last night. He played in his 100th postseason game, picked up his 100th hit, which I believe now is top five all-time in Major League history. Um, And they were talking on the broadcast in game one. Is he or is he not a Hall of Famer? I've done just about... I would would guess 95% of his games, you know, broadcasting his games. If I had a vote, it's, it's not even close. It's slam dunk. He's a... First ballot Hall of Famer for all the little things, the intangibles that he does, not the 2,000 hits and the caught stealings. It's how he guides a pitching staff and just the little things. Where do you think he is in the the mindset of voters right now if it ended today in terms of him going to the Hall of Fame? Well, I tell you what, I, I do have a vote. I've had a vote for four years now, and it is something that we do not take lightly. It's the first time I had a ballot. I. I swear it dominated the last three weeks of the, the year until I uh, finally had to turn it in right before December 31st. And, you know, you look at so many things because it's not just numbers. You know, there are a lot of numbers out there that are very, very helpful for a lot of positions, right? But catcher is that unique position because there's no way to encapsulate everything a guy does. So you try to talk to people. You will, And you know this as well as anyone. You'll never talk to anyone who has played the game, who has been around Molina, that says he's not a Hall of Famer, right? You just won't find it because he is. He's the kind of guy 
that is really what the hall was set up to, um, to honor those types of players. So um, I'm not sure when he's going to retire. And then five years after that, um, I can tell you this, he'll be on my ballot because I think he is richly deserving of, of having a spot in Cooperstown. What are the, the, the thoughts of this expanded postseason? I personally, I, I think I'm in the minority. I'm loving it. I, I thought at the beginning of it, Ryan, that fans would jump on board once they saw it take place because it would yeah. kind of be like, you know, the college basketball field. It was like that Thursday and Friday where you got games all day. And if you're a fan, you're like turning on the the TV and there's just great baseball all day. And they say, well, maybe, you know what? Hey, I kind of like this. But what's the incentive to, to win your division? Or what's your incentive to go out and be an elite team? Just be okay and mediocre and get in. Those kind of things if you look at the big picture. So as you look at it, do you think that we could have an expanded postseason or something like this down the road? Well, I think in some way, shape, or form, there, there will be expanded playoffs. I would be surprised very much so. If ten, if the baseball goes back to ten teams going forward, because you're right, the, you know Wednesday was great. It was so much fun. Tuesday was fun. Thursday was fun because there are a lot of games and a lot of teams, and it, it you're, it's exactly like you said. It's like the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament, and that's something that baseball should absolutely try to capitalize on. You want to make not just the World because the World Series is appointment viewing to baseball fans. But if you're not watching one of those teams, if you're not one of those fans, you may not watch it so much, right? Baseball has a chance to create appointment viewing, kind of like the first two days of the NCAA tournament. That said, there have to be things fixed about the way that the playoffs are seeded, about the advantage given to the regular season champion, because it is a big deal because you have to reward a team. Like the Dodgers played 700 baseball right for the year one of the 20 teams in MLB history to finish with a winning percentage that high the brewers finished two games under 500 they go into a series and they have the exact same chance of winning you know i know the brewers are the brewers were on the road the dodgers were at home but still in a short best of 3 series so many things can happen and so what you have to do is you have to find a way to reward the best teams now is it giving them a buy maybe having six or seven teams in each in each league, so you have twelve or fourteen. Maybe that's one thing. You know, I even wrote about a, a potential scenario where you have still sixteen teams, but the division winners, like in that series, the Dodgers would only have to win one game, right? If they win one game, they go on. The Brewers, as the eighth seed, would have to win all three. You know, and I know that sounds crazy, but what you want to do is create an incentive for teams to win. You want to make it to be a big difference between getting a one, two, three seed and a six, seven, eight seed, because if teams don't have to pay to get the one, two, three seed, you're not going to see teams strive to be excellent. You're going to see teams strive to be good enough. That's the thing that baseball has to avoid if they're going to expand the playoffs going forward. No doubt. Ryan Fagan of the, the Sporting News Senior Major League Baseball writer is my guest and does a great job covering at the Sporting News the game that we all love. I, I have been so intrigued with the new rules. And to me, as I said, yeah. from day one, <clears throat> it's a blank canvas in 2020. So let's just take it in. Hey, we got baseball, so we're playing with house money. DH in the National League, runner at second, extra innings, seven inning doubleheaders, <clears throat> the three batter minimum. I didn't care. Let's do it. So some of it I liked, 
Most of it I liked. What do you think uh, sticks as we go forward? I think the DH sticks for sure. I think, you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm surprised that it, it, it has taken this long. I figured once baseball went to, uh, once they, they moved the Astros to the American League and they had a, a series of interleague play every single day, that it was only a matter of time before both leagues played with the same rule. And that makes sense. And I get it. And, you know, I was raised on National League Baseball. I love National League Baseball. But if, there, if there's going to be a DH, that, that's fine. I'm okay with that. It's another job, you know, a high-paying job for another veteran player. And I think, you know, the MLBPA will love that too. Uh, the runner on second is the one that gets me. Because to me, it's one of the fundamental aspects of baseball is you have to earn your way on base. You have to draw a walk. You have to get a hit. Or you have to hope the other team makes a mistake. Something has to happen to get on base so you can potentially score a run. The runner on second takes that element out, right? And so to me, it's not really baseball. That said, it was exciting. I'm not going to lie. You get to extra innings, and all of a sudden, you know there's a pretty good chance of a run scoring. And that's something, you know. So can they find some sort of compromise there? I talked to Mark DeRosa you know, a long time major league baseball player who works for MLB network now. And he was saying, well, what about you play the 10th and 11th inning straight up and you start it in the 12th inning, something like that. So I think they're compromised with some of these rules. Um, even though the DH, I think is here to stay. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What do you think the off season is going to be like in terms of if you're a free agent and for just spending, cause the, the off season is always, I, for me, it's fun. I'm a fan of the game. I love yeah. the game. God, I love the game of baseball. And offseason is is fun. So we've heard that uh, owners have lost in, in upwards of $100, 150000000 million, and spending could be, you know, not really spending a lot of money. So you have a, a Mets ownership group could be in there spending a lot of money because they're, they're new to the game. Um, right. You know, they may be the ones that are out there spending, but other teams may not. What, what are you hearing, generally speaking, in the game of baseball, what the offseason hot stove league could look like? It, it is going to be fascinating. There's no doubt about that. I think when you look at um, – you're going to hear owners talk about trying to find bargains, trying to find, you know, to steal uh, a, a line that John Mozalek said a couple of years ago that he probably regretted, the low-hanging fruit, right? You're going to see him talk about those types of things. But – the players know that the money is still there, right? You know, Francisco Lindor was asked about um, what he thought his chances of staying in, in um, Cleveland were the other day. And he's, he said something to the effect of, did you see the $3 billion deal TV deal that they just signed? You know, so the players know that money's there. And so I think there's going to be um, a lot of digging in and positioning and posturing. Um, and you're going to see, Probably not a lot of guys sign immediately, but you know, you look at, you know, even after the the shutdown had started this spring, you know, the Dodgers still gave Mookie Betts a, a, a contract extension that was very much market value, you know. So I think that even though owners are going to want to talk about that, you're still going to see them at the end of the day. They understand that they do have the money and they have some flexibility, and you're still going to see, um, especially the stars, get the big deals. You may not see the mid-tier level players get the same deals that they might have five years ago. Um, but I think you're still going to see movement. It just might take a while to get there. Now I get to put you on the spot. This is my final question. This is a big one now. Is okay. it's, it's game three. What do you think happens tonight, Cardinals and Padres? This is, this is, this is for all the money. So what do you think? What do you think happens tonight? Um, my, 
my my brain says you go with the the team that has um, the pitching lined up, and that being Jack Flaherty, you think that the Cardinals have a big advantage right there. On the other hand, you have um, a, a San Diego lineup that looked pretty unstoppable in the five in the five last five innings or so last night. So, um, you know, I hadn't thought about this terms of who's going to win yet. So let's just go with. Yeah, I know you. I know listeners aren't going to like this, but I think the Padres probably wind, pull, wind up pulling this one out. You know, hang up on him. That, that's it. <laughs> He's out of here. Hey, Ryan, awesome to catch up with you. Great information. Always love reading your work at the Sporting News, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for doing this, my man. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Dan. You got it. That's Ryan Fagan, senior Major League Baseball writer from the Sporting News. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service text line. We'll get to some of those uh, texts in just a moment. Many thanks to Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News. Hey, I got a shameless uh, plug here on a couple of things. I'm going to start with STLFC. And they're going to wrap up their schedule this weekend. And they're the folks that brought uh, professional soccer to St. Louis. And that's Jim Cavanaugh and Tom Strunk and their group. They're involved with MLS. And that got it going to bring MLS, which we're all going to enjoy in a couple of years. But the Luligans, they're a huge fan base that uh, they they travel with the team. They're nuts. They're fun. They'll be at MLS games. And on my podcast, I, I have a website, scoopswithdannymac.com, scoopswithdannymac.com. And I have a, if you want more baseball breakdown, uh, there's a visit with Ben Fredrickson that is up this morning, which talks about uh, Mizzou taking on Tennessee. But a lot of it is on the Cardinals and the Padres. That is up right now, but also a visit with Jim Cavanaugh. And Jim talks about, and for those that don't know, STLFC is not going to be functioning after Saturday. So one of the things, it's their final home game, and one of the things they talk about is just the fan base that they've had and the amount of fans that have come out to those games, and it got the ball rolling for the idea to bring even just MLS to St. Louis and having the passion for soccer in this town. And without those fans, we don't have MLS. And this is what Jim had to say on the website. A lot of fans and a lot of passionate fans. You know, passionate fans that bring an incredible experience uh, that uh, I think is very unique. And and so to answer your question, I think St. Louis FC and a supporter group, the Luligans, uh, have played an instrumental role in bringing MLS to St. Louis. And, uh, and, I, and I think they'll continue to play a very instrumental role in the continued evolution and growth of soccer in St. Louis, which we've seen uh, through the demand, you know, for uh, season tickets, that the deposits that were placed on both season tickets uh, for individuals and uh, suites, which was, you know, record-breaking. That's Jim Cavanaugh. Go to scoopswithdannymac.com. You can hear that interview. Ben Fredrickson as well. But thanks to Tom Strunk, Jim Cavanaugh, the entire group for what they've done for soccer in our city. And it's going to be awesome when MLS is here. And thanks to STLFC and for what they've done for everybody that enjoys that sport. Yesterday out at Norwood, um, I had the pleasure before going to do the post game on Fox Sports Midwest to go and MC. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done. 
This is for the Ascension Charity Classic, which was, for lack of a better term, the senior tour that's going to be coming next September. They kicked off the 2021 uh, tournament yesterday with a virtual event, and Billy Andrade was in town. And then on a Zoom, it was Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, Hale Irwin. Um, and the Ascension folks donated $225,000 to their charitable partners in North County. But think about that. It was Nicholas Watson, Hale Irwin. That was fantastic. It was awesome to hear those three. And it was kind of, I got to tell you, everybody was socially distanced. It was a very small, intimate group, just those three. And the questions were, you know, they, they knew they were being broadcast, but it was just like, hey, let it rip, have some fun. And they were just awesome. It was, I mean, I, I got goosebumps thinking about right now. So if you love golf, I mean, you were like sitting back going, this is about as good as it gets to hear those three unabridged and talking about the game of golf. So the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic will be next September. And so looking forward to that. So that was really a cool event. So looking forward to that. And congratulations to the folks at Ascension and uh, those out of Norwood Hills and Nick Ragone and um, doing great things for the people in North County. So it's a special event coming to St. Louis. All right, uh, let's go to... Oh, I like this question. Danny Mac, what happened with the bullpen? What happened to the bullpen? Walks. I mean, you look at the home runs, and I know that's what this texture is asking. Yeah, the home runs were the problem. That's what everybody looks at, but it was the walks. Can't walk anybody. It's six walks. One of them was Gomber. He walks in a man with the bases loaded, but Cabrera walks two. You can't have that. Can't have that, because if you walk people with that lineup, Machado, Hosmer, Tommy Pham, Tatis, that leads to the big innings. And that's what I'm looking at with Jack Flaherty. If he's sharp early on, doesn't walk anybody, Cardinals stay in this game. Then they got a really good shot to win the game because their bullpen is going to be better than the Padres. And so if the Padres are going for an inning or two out of their bullpen, I like the Cardinals' chances. I really do. Um, And that's why I think they have a very good shot to win this game, especially if Flaherty is on. Flaherty gives you six or seven. It lines up then for short innings for your bullpen. Cardinals' bullpen is nasty. They can line up with anybody in baseball. But they've got to get a good first couple of innings from Jack Flaherty. That is imperative in this game tonight. Just get that first inning under your belt. Take anything away momentum-wise from what carries over from game two last night. That's imperative. No walks. Don't walk anybody. That's the problem. With a lineup that's loaded, that leads to crooked numbers. If you walk people, all bets are off. Uh, Cross it over because BK actually is going to come in on time, which is shocking. Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's newest door. Number 41 in Eureka is now open. Ah, the dramatic music. It's game three. It's the Padres and the Cardinals. The series tied at 1-1. And BK has made his way into the studio for the crossover. And the weekend's here. I'm doing great, man. Playoff baseball. You got uh, got the... 
you know, dramatic winner take all. You got Jack Flaherty on the mound, fully rested. You got a bullpen start, it looks like, for the Padres. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. It's great. It's it, awesome. It's funny because I was the one that was always concerned during the Blues playoff run, and Jamie <laughs> was the guy that was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Going on. Here's how it's going. And now Jamie, you know, he's new to this, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's biting he's nails. He's a new baseball fan. And last night I'm getting all of these texts and he is freaking out, just freaking out about the way that the bullpen's being used and all of these different things. And I'm like, Jamie, buddy, this is a really good team that you're going up against. Yeah. They've got a lot of really good bats in this lineup. It's all right. The Cardinals are going to be all right. I, I still I still have a good feeling about this team. You got Jack Flaherty on the mound. You can't be set up better than the Cardinals are tonight. Exactly. You're, you're set up better than the Padres. The Padres have an incredible lineup. By the way, the Cardinals are hitting. Yeah. I mean, the biggest concern you had going into the series is whether or not they'd hit. They've hit. I mean, you score nine runs, you should win the game. Period. They didn't. You were up four twice. You didn't win. You let them off the ropes. That that's the way I look at it. You know, you you had them, you had them where you wanted them. They were they were dead in the water in the sixth inning, and the walks killed you. The Gomber walk with the bases loaded killed you. The Cabrera leadoff, the 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 back to back walks, those are killers, man. And when you have a lineup like the Padres have with those kind of bats, it takes boom one hit after a couple walks, and it's a crooked number, and they're back in the game. That's what kills you. Shorter start than you would have liked out of Wayno. For sure, for sure. Uh, Needed four or five out of him, didn't get it. Yep. Then you go to Gomber in a bases-loaded situation. He walks the first guy that he sees. You can't have that there. And then you go to the bullpen later, and your guys that you've counted on all year that have been really, really good for you yep. didn't come through. And that happens, you know, especially against a team like this that has that good of a lineup. It's going to happen sometimes where their best beat your best. Your best beat their best in game one. It was the same exact matchups. It was Gallegos going Just up against Tatis, and it didn't work this time. It's okay. Now you hope in game three, you get the better side of that again. And that's what that's what's going to determine this is those kinds of matchups where it's your best against their best. It's hindsight 2020 because that's what baseball is. The only move that I thought, ah, you know, I, I could see if he did it. I understand why he did it was Helsley not going back out for another inning. And he's and Mike Schilt said he wanted um, Henesis Cabrera to start with a clean that was inning. The one that I wasn't sure. Either. That was it. Yep. But I, I understand his mindset behind it i know you you don't know but if we're speculating here cabrera looked like he was looking at his fingernail again as he was coming off of the mound yesterday and he had no command whatsoever for the second straight night it certainly isn't a a possibility because it happens all the time with him all the time and again i we can speculate all we want if he but here's the thing though bk he's he he can be all over the place all the time too with or without the fingernail issues so we just don't know yeah, that, that was the only one that I questioned. Everything yeah. else, I was like, you know, I, I love the aggressiveness, sure. the way that Mike Schilt's managing these games. He has been super aggressive, and I love it. Um, I I think he's gone for broke, and it's he it always out does. For him in he's game a gambler. One. I love it. Didn't work out for him in game two, and yep. I expect him to do the exact same thing once again in game three. What's coming up on Ribs and BK? We've got Tom Hart, play-by-play announcer for this series, coming up at eleven thirty. We have Mark Saxon joining us coming up at one o'clock. Hoping for one more Cardinals mystery guest. Uh, we will let you know if we get anybody else. A mystery the day guest. As well, it'd be a good one if we get it. But I'll let you know as we go along today. Will you tell me off the air? I'll let you know off the air. All right, great. Ribs BK, everybody have a great weekend. Tanner, great job this week. This is 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.